plus truth will give us confidence in our mission, in what we're doing in this life. Paul said, it's true and it's reasonable. And then he seizes the opportunity and he gives an invitation. This was way back before Billy Graham ever came on the scene and perfected the invitation. You realize that the modern invitation to the altar was originated by uh, Dwight Moody, I believe it was. Dwight Moody, D.L. Moody, founder of Moody Bible College. By the way, you ought to study D.L. Moody sometime. Let, let me not chase rabbits. All right, let's just get back to the sermon. Paul gives an invitation. The king is familiar with these things, he says, and I can speak freely to him. Again, see, he's commending the king. King, I know that you are familiar with these things that I've just said. He didn't say that to Festus. He said it to Agrippa. I know that you know what I'm talking about. I know that. See, I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because it was not done in a corner. Beloved, God does not want you assassinated in some dark corner. He wants your witness to be heard publicly. And he will see to it that you get that opportunity. Here, Paul has an audience with kings. Do you know how difficult that is? Think about it for a moment. How many of us in this room has ever had an audience with the governor? Just the governor let alone the president. How many of us? Let's see your hands. How many have ever had an audience with the governor of the state of Tennessee? You've had an audience with the governor? Wow. Did you get to talk to him? No. no. You were just in the room where he was, or meeting. Yeah. Here Paul has appeared before Felix, Festus, and now Agrippa. And in each and every appearance, he is the same. Respectful, submissive, yet very direct in his remarks concerning who he is, where he's coming from, his accusers. He's even respectful of them, as we've already seen. And now he seizes the opportunity. He knows that he's at that point where he's got King Agrippa on the edge of his seat. And he says to him, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? Now remember, believe I'm right on this, but you check me out. I believe Agrippa, his wife, is Jewish. He knows what he's doing. He's putting Agrippa on the hot seat. Let me see if I can set this up for you. Let, let me just use an example, okay? And uh, nobody take offense in this, all right? But let's say I'll use Debbie and, and uh, Rank because I know that they're very hard to offend. They've got thick skin. They know I love them and all that good stuff. <laughs> let's just say for a moment that I'm wanting to appeal to Rank to move in a direction. I, I sense some resistance from Rank. I know Debbie well enough to know some things about her and her likes and dislikes. And I happen to know that Debbie just loves chocolate cake. And I say to Rank, Rank, don't you believe in chocolate cake? Huh? What's Rank going to do? Is Rank going to say, well, no, I don't believe in chocolate cake. Well, no, he's not. He's trapped. I've got him between a rock and a hard place. If he says, I don't like chocolate cake, Debbie's going to go, Ooh. And here, Paul has got King Agrippa between a rock and a hard place. He's got to live with that Jewish woman. And Paul says to him, don't you believe in the prophets? He ain't about to come back and say, well, no, that's done. Uh-uh, not on his life. He said, I know you do. I know you do. So Agrippa then says to Paul, Paul, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? He didn't answer Paul, did he? In the King James, it says, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. In the NIV, it says, he said, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? 
Zeal without truth. Agrippa had lots of zeal, but he didn't have the truth. 